Welcome to No BS with Brian and Susan. <laughs> it's so good to be back on our episode on our podcast. Of course, you're here. You know where to find us. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, all of the places. It's just lovely to see you, Susan. Yeah, it's great to see you. Great to see you. It is officially fall in Dallas, Texas. Oh, the yes. triple degree weather is out, at least for now. It's in the 80s. How do you feel? Uh, I mean, I love this. I mean, it's technically a cold front in Dallas, but uh, yeah, no, I was excited yesterday when I stepped outside and I was like, whoa, is it actually a little chilly? Like for a split second, <laughs> this is nice, I, but I'm, I'm bringing on, I thrive in the winter, so I can't wait, but I actually really like fall. I can't wait for once it's Halloween and we just like get all those holidays coming up. I really love the, the feel of uh, October and, and everything that's to come. I do too. I do too. They're just like all the, all the pumpkin spice stuff, at least for me, (laughs) Halloween costumes, Mm -hmm. all, all of it. I'm excited, but we have a great show today. We have, of course, our blind watch, which is something, otherworldly can't That's wait a good way to describe it yeah otherworldly <laughs> uh we have our main event which is all about jobs and working and but first let's get into the bachelor in paradise talk uh so as you know, if you've been listening to the show, Susan forced me to watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette. No, no force. <laughs> and so I've been watching that. And then she was like, Bachelor in Paradise is coming on. You got to watch that. And I'm like, no. no. And I started watching it. And it is even crazier and more entertaining than The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Sweet chocolate Christ, really. This show is insane. Yeah. There's only two more episodes of this season left Mm -hmm. and it's just been a whirlwind of emotions and hilarity and, you know, Lil John and David Spade and Lance Bass and Titus Burgess and everything. So Susan, well, what's happening? Well, first of all, I just want to say, Brian, if people re-listen to our last podcast, Brian said he would not be watching Bachelor in Paradise. And I I fully respected that and thought, okay, cool. We'll just we'll pick up at Michelle's season, The Bachelorette. And then he texts me that I'm caught up with Bachelor in Paradise. I'm like, what? You're watching it? <laughs> I, I, I didn't think Brian would watch Paradise. It is a shit show that it, it, show it is. is a shit show and this is the most wild sex driven season i have seen yet the most food licking like Ugh. that's it's gross i have gagged two episodes in a row now i have gagged um yes i, I is, i'm there with you on that it's yeah so- that has never happened i don't know what's going on there's way more people it isn't usually this many people at the start of the beach it's more like eight guys, eight girls or something. I mean, they think they even started less before. Like if you go back to season one, if you ever want to take a gander at season one on HBO max, it is night and day different to where they are now. Um, but it is, uh, it, it's, it's fun. It's just, I, I love the formula of bachelor and bachelorette. I think 
a lot of people love paradise more because they like seeing multiple couples get together. And I understand that, but I remember every time I watch it, it's too much for me. I feel like it gets way too chaotic. It, it becomes more about sex. And even though technically a lot of the bachelor and bachelors they don't last or whatever, I like to believe it's more about that, like classy love romance. And this is where they just like let loose. And uh, I mean, there's some really good people on there still. It's just like some of it is just like, Ugh, it doesn't seem it. like it's all sexy time this season. And again, I've never seen an ep- a season before this, but it only seems like a couple, like two couples have like, there, there's a room on this resort on the beach where it's called the boom, boom room. And you can go mm-hmm. in there anytime and you know, fuck. And there's like, you know, a hidden camera in there, but they don't really show anything, but it's only happened a couple times. Not as much as I would thought it would happen. However, as Susan said, it it is definitely more chaotic because you have couples, many couples forming, and then they bring in new women, new men, and then people go off with others. People's hearts get broken, and then no, it's it's crazy. And then most of the people on the show, if not all of them, are former bachelorettes or bachelors or people they from are. the show that <laughs> got you know voted off or whatever didn't get a rose. So it's interesting to like hear and see former romances and then some people that got together that broke up and then they end up together here on the show, but they're with other people. It's just mass hysteria. And it's also interesting to see people who we might've liked or not liked from previous seasons do a 180 where we like them now or we hate them now. So it's, yeah. it's nuts. That happens more often or not. It usually paradise turns into a redemption for villains. There's a lot of people that come to paradise and you didn't like them on the show. Like when Demi was originally on paradise a few seasons ago, she had redeemed herself so much from Colton season and everybody loved her. They, you know, she was dating a girl and she got engaged to her and she was just so normal. Demi didn't put on this act of um, trying to be like, I don't know. It's like all she thought she could offer was sex to Kenny this season. It was really sad. And she didn't show her insecurities as much, which I didn't know she was. She always came off really confident. And this was the first time I've seen her seem so just lost. And it was it was really sad because I think Demi, when she figures herself out and she is just herself, her normal self doesn't put on the like show to impress or whatever. She's probably a really cool person and I would really like her. But right now she that girl needs to I don't know. That wasn't a great image um on the show either but uh obviously someone who oh and i just have to to, uh, add one thing becca kufrin who's on the season this year former bachelorette there's never been a lead on the show never a lead has joined bachelor in paradise and is a big deal that she showed up she's with thomas now right now well i mean on the show currently i don't know if they're gonna last i'm not sure thomas yeah she is ended one. up with like the worst guy from like last season well i don't even know if he's the worst guy right <laughs> he's right looking like a saint right now correct, um correct 
he because he's like staying out of it. Like what I will say, once he's gotten with Becca, he's not in the drama. So maybe, maybe. And I listened to the happy hour podcast that Becca hosts. She seems she's very careful with what she talks about with him. But she does seem to think she's a, she says, like, maybe he's not getting the maybe people don't know him as well as we do or whatever. So maybe he's a better guy than we think. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll reserve judgment to see where they are now and how they last. But um, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting pick. Um, But I mean, the best guy there, (laughs) well, we'll get there, but okay. But yeah. So I think the biggest shocker this season is fan favorite from Tasha's season, Tasha Claire season, but more Tasha number three, uh, Brendan Morris. I can't really say his name. I'm not sure if I'm saying the last name correctly. He was what he was my favorite. He was my favorite in Tasha's season. And this dude is probably one of the most hated people in bachelor nation. Not just is he is not only now losing sponsorships. He has lost over a hundred thousand followers. He has like the fellow bachelor people have unfollowed him. They don't like him. They're not friends with him. This dude made a huge (laughs) fall from grace. Like I've never, this has never happened. That has never happened. What has happened right now with Brendan. But um, I guess for those who don't know, this guy was, like I said, adored on Tasha's season, even though he left on his own terms, you know, he made it seem like he left because he was, he just, he had gotten a divorce and maybe he wasn't ready to get engaged, but he did it so respectfully that nobody said a thing. And he came on here. He made a connection with Natasha, who is one of the most loved people in bachelor nation right now. And even when there was speculation that he was dating Piper before he got on the show, he still made it seem like to Natasha that it was nothing. He downplayed it. And the minute Piper gets on the show, Oh, they're in a relationship. And it's not just that he screwed her over. It's what he said about Natasha behind her back that pretty much put the nail in his coffin, saying things like she had zero prospects. Nobody wanted her but him um, that like just just basically talking about her like he did her a favor. And oh, and that she's annoying. And oh, my gosh. But yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Brian? I I can Um, go on (laughs) no it's uh, you know yes we all liked Brendan and now when he showed his true colors you know when you go on something like Bachelor Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise you don't go in already in a relationship or you're already boyfriend or girlfriend the only rule yeah basically he was he wasn't married to Piper but they were together and they went on the show with like a secret sinister plan that they were going to act like they only met a couple times before they were going to get the roses and last till the very end and have a thing so before piper arrived on the show brendan and natasha hit it off but he was only biding his time so he can stay on the show and he left her out in the lurch and it was like a whole thing like it was bad. And then when Natasha and everybody at the at the resort called him out about it, he was such an asshole about it and just yeah. couldn't own up and say like, yeah, look, this was the plan. We're going to leave. We're together. Uh, but he was just he was an asshole about it. He was just a huge jerk. And yeah. So, yeah, 
Bye, Felicia. You know. Well, and I and I think the the biggest thing besides that too is the 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 things that were making it worse was one his first conversation with Natasha, where he initially gaslighted her, kind of like a Greg, where he was like, "I think you have selective hearing. We weren't romantic." Yeah. There was a, even though he did play it very carefully, he only like kissed her like once or twice, I guess. So he was like being hesitant. I, I, I do. I do see he was trying not to cheat on Piper, but he he was 100 percent. That was a romantic relationship. You don't kiss a girl. And that's friend, that's not if you're kissing, that's not friendly. Um, and he specifically told her things to make her think that his relationship with Piper wasn't really anything. But he just the way he tried to make Natasha feel crazy and think like, yeah, this is normal. Like we're not you know, you're, you got it all wrong. And then to add the conversations he was having with Piper about followers. Now that is something I have never seen on this show either, where they were so open about the fact that they basically came on the show because when they were caught with the appearance and we're on a cover of us weekly, they got 10,000 more followers. So they thought, Oh, let's, develop our relationship in paradise and we're going to get so many followers and so many endorsements and yep. we'll make all this money. And that's what's so gross about it. And like, you're just hearing Piper, like say things like, Oh, I have a master's degree. I can make money. Like all this stuff. Like, I, I don't know. It's just really gross the way they are talking about the followers. And that's, it's evident they came on the show they were already in a relationship. They didn't need the show, but they came on it specifically to gain the following. And now he has, she actually is not taking as big of a hit. He has lost, like I said, over a hundred thousand. He's lost some endorsements and, um, and Natasha has gained like over 300,000 followers. That's amazing. <laughs> like she yeah. is, she is, a. Uh, she probably has a lot of prospects now, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So we'll see how it goes. Um, where are we at now, though? Where are we at now in the show? OK, so like you said, there's only two episodes left, um, which at this point to me, I hate that they're even bringing in new people. I guess somebody new is going to come because there's no way a new person is going to get engaged. But they're going to see who are real, who are who are the solidified couples. There'll be this. What will typically happen is, which, by the way, I do not like these like guest host things. I prefer just make Wells the host. Let's just have him. Right, be right. Because do the that. guest hosts, they only get like five minutes of screen time. Like it's, they're not there to do anything. It's such a bad idea. I know they're testing it out, but I really hope they just make Wells the host. He's a great guy. He's been with the franchise. He's he's doing the rose ceremony. You might as well just make him the host. Um, but yeah. He will this. And my point is, he's probably going to do the official announcement They where he's going to be like, you guys have to decide if you're in a committed relationship and you want to take this further, stay or leave. If couples decide to stay, they'll go on an overnight and like in an air conditioned, nice hotel kind of thing. And from there, they will decide if they want to get engaged the next day. Um, so, you know, I think the most we've ever seen has been three couples get engaged. A lot of couples break up at that point. A lot of people are like, yeah, we're just here for a fling, but from where we're at, okay, who are, who are your favorite couples? Who's your least favorite couples that you think should just break up? 
And who do you think will get engaged? Okay, so right now the strong suitors really are um, are Abigail and Noah, which they've been together forever. However, it seems like from this last episode, Noah told the cameras uh, something like, uh, you know, I really like Abigail, but like, I just want to see how it goes outside of paradise to see what the next step is. So I don't yeah. think there's an engagement there, but I think there's definitely, definitely love there for sure. And mm -hmm. then you have uh, Joe and Serena who, you know, just seems great. You know, Joe and Serena seem like a good couple. I don't know. I mean, Joe seems like a straight shooter with He's Serena. Awesome. Yeah, with Serena from Matt's season of The Bachelor, it seemed like she was into him, but then all of a sudden she wasn't. So I don't know if that's going to take a toll or if Joe's going to take a toll, but I hope they get in. I hope they last because I really like Joe and I think I mm -hmm. like Serena enough. Um, I really like uh, Kenny and Mari. They seem like at the beginning of the season, they have a turbulent relationship. But <laughs> yeah. Mari and uh, Kenny, they just seem to go together very well. Uh, I like their style um and riley and oh what's her name marissa uh, yes R riley and marissa i like that even though riley they had a breakthrough because they're both very closed off people they mm -hmm. had a breakthrough it looks like yeah uh, and riley you know looks on the outside like a asshole meathead but he's just <laughs> seems like a funny goofy kid you know with like the body yeah. of like an adonis basically yeah <laughs> uh so i like that and i like them and who else do i like um i mean i you know natasha is you know everybody wants natasha to get something and do something so hopefully with the new runner in uh i'm hoping for the best and then I, you know, one of my fan favorites that came out of nowhere, who I've always liked, but never liked this much enough, who I think is just a bona fide, excellent dude is James. But I uh, just don't think James is going anywhere. Like, I think that dude is genuine, but he's, he's not with anybody. And then I like Aaron and it looks like his stuff. You like Aaron? Oh my I God. He's so annoying. I like he's Aaron. I, but confrontation he's a lover. He is quick to he has a very bad temper and he, he is quick to show it and you think something is happening with him and chelsea the runway model but it's just oh man there was just drama there but i think my favorite is probably kenny and mari and riley and marissa and joe and serena um, I can give or take Abigail and Noah. They just seem kind of more boring to me. Well, they're not showing them, unfortunately. And that's the problem. They're not getting the edit that the other three couples that you mentioned are getting. We're yeah. just seeing glimpses of them kissing and stuff, but they're not showing like their conversations or anything. So it's, it's probably boring. It's probably boring. They're probably not. Well, I don't know if it's boring. I have a feeling that they do this just like they haven't shown Becca and Thomas really. Yeah. Or even really that much of like Tia hitting it off with one of those guys, James or Blake. Yeah. And I think they're doing it because I think they're alluding to the fact that maybe the couples that are going to get engaged are those three. You just mentioned Joe, 
uh, Kenny and, and Riley. Uh, Riley. I think they're the ones that are going to get engaged. Can I just say that Becca is fucking nuts? <laughs> what? She's the one talking about her vagina the whole episode, right? That's Tia. Oh, Tia. Sorry, not Becca. Tia. Uh, Tia's fucking nuts. I was like, Sorry. how you talk about the former Bachelorette like no, that? No, 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 not Becca. No, Tia. Tia seems insane to me. I was like, oh my God, what is I, happening? I like Tia. I think she's so funny. I, I, I mean, she's just being honest. She's just talking about her vagina dancing. What? But, so I don't know if it was like the editing, but... Every time she was on screen, she would talk about her vagina dancing and tingling. And she would, and she even said it herself that like, I always go for the bad guys. I always go uh-huh. for the horrible guys. And so you have James, which is a nice dude, genuine dude. And then you have the other guy who has tattoos, rides a motorbike. And that's the guy that makes her vagina tingle. And she can't decide. I'm like, well, look at yourself. And then when they, even they had that talk, he wasn't, be nice to her no just like come on has it worked out for you yet yeah i do think as like well okay that is like a number one struggle that most guys and girls deal with where do you go with the person you're super physically attracted to like sexually attracted to or do you go with the good guy that unfortunately well one thing that is hard is that like if you don't I ha- I know what it's like to like like the good guy, but there's nothing there romantically. Like I think that's the struggle. I think if there was even a little bit of a spark with James, she would go with James because she knows he's a good guy. I don't know. She may still pick James. She may give it to James because James is the one who's making the effort. I like James. You're right. He redeemed himself to me this season because he does seem like a good dude just trying to find love. But I do think that. Yes, on the surface material, if you see somebody for the first time, yeah, you're attracted to them and then somebody else might not be that. But, you know, once you get to know them and their personality, that like makes them attractive. I don't know. You're right. But when you have those two in front of you, when you have the like, oh, my God, I want to jump his bones in front of you. And then you have the guy that's good, but there's like nothing there physically. It is so hard to make that decision. It is, you can't, you have to put yourself in that. If you are single, if you are single, as much as you, you can say that right now, Brian, it is a much harder to see, much harder decision to be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go with the person who's a good, good person. You're going to treat me right. I don't, I don't necessarily want to kiss you that much, but I'm going to go with you. No way. You I'm, would be like, it's so hard. It would be really difficult to just be like, oh, I'm going to pass up on the the person that like makes me feel a certain way that I've never felt before. You know, like it's, that is, I'm just saying her caught her her conflict right now is not unheard of. It's a very understanding struggle that she's in. Hopefully she picks James because I like James. Yeah. And and it's not like, and to her defense too, it's not like Blake is some flat out dick. It's not like he's like, oh, shut up. I don't care about you or whatever. He's, he's doing like, he's, he's okay. He's okay. But personality wise, but you know, like, that's why I could get it. If he was like flirting with other women, if he was like cheating on her or being like, yeah, I don't know what I want, then yeah, I'd be like, it's an easy decision. But he's kind of saying like enough to make her question it. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it's going to come down, hopefully, to Joe 
Riley and um, uh, Kenny. I think those are the top three. I think those are the top three couples. Like you said, I really do like Mari Kenny. I like Marissa Riley. I love Joe. Joe's my favorite guy. If I was on that beach, I would pick Joe. He would be my pick um, easily. Um, Because I like Joe, Serena, I start to like her a little bit more. If they work out and they are happy together, great. Because I just want Joe to be happy. That's uh, right, right. Especially because I watched his season with it, it killed me. I really did love him with Kendall and their love story in paradise. And there's always going to be a part of me that's like, if they ever got back together, I'd be really excited. But then again, maybe it's best that Joe just stays with Serena because there's I don't think Kendall did the right thing. She had over a year to reach out to Joe before he came to paradise. That that was the funniest thing. As we wrap this up, the funniest thing was Kendall. Like I laughed out loud her leaving because it's like she wasn't even on the same page. (laughs) He's like, uh you know, we, you had a year, you didn't say anything. Yeah. I, this was over. You said it was over. What's this going on? And then she's like, so heartbroken as if like, oh, he's just waited for me. And I was like, no, what, what makes you think that? Why would you put yourself in this situation? I could kind of understand if she thought like, oh, we're going to reunite in paradise and have that love again. But that's such a gamble because he's going to have a lot of women interested in him. And what makes you think that he wouldn't like, I guess she thought he really wasn't, he was going to still be there single. Like, I don't really know what she was thinking, but my favorite thing Joe said is how he was like, I guess it's just like, if she really wanted to get back together, why didn't she reach out to me before the show? Like he flat out said it. And I was like, yes. Exactly. Like, that's why it's hard to have sympathy for Kendall because, yeah. And I I will just add with Abigail and Noah, I do like them. Um, They're not showing them enough. It would be, they may, I think they're going to end things, but it would be really awesome if they, a lot of times in the reunion, they'll show that people reconnected. It'd be awesome if they're like dating right now. Right, right. No, I, it would, it would be nice. I like those two. Luckily, Noah doesn't have the the older wealthy bank guy bank Bennett, on, Bennett yeah. over his shoulder, which is yeah. really funny. But uh, yeah, no, I like Abigail. I like Noah. I hope I hope it lasts. Uh, but it seems like Noah is hell bent on seeing how this goes outside of Bachelor. And then mm-hmm. I would imagine, you know, a month into them going seeing each other outside of Bachelor, I bet you he'll propose. But we'll see. Oh, and one final question. Do you think Brendan and Piper are still together dating now? You know what? I don't know. I'm 50-50 on that. Like, honestly, I don't care, but uh, it would make sense that they're not. <laughs> but yeah. I have, they're not? No, I, I would think that they're not because of the backlash. Yeah. There's too much, but like no one's going to root for that. And if they because they're so concerned with followers and the money you get from that, they would know that now nobody's going to be happy to see them together before people were really excited. And now it's like, I think they're going to be like, uh, we should just break up. Yeah. Move on. Mm -hmm. Or they could stay together and be like, Hey, it's us against the world. (laughs) That has happened too. That has happened too. But I don't trust their foundation. Yeah, no, it's built on lies. It is. 
All right. So that's Bachelor in Paradise. We'll be back next episode to recap the whole season and see who gets engaged, who doesn't, whose heart breaks. And if uh, Aaron and poor Ivan get into a fight. (laughs) Leave Ivan alone, Aaron. I will. I don't like Aaron. That's funny. Uh, So, yeah, that is it. Excuse me. On to our main event. Jobs. Working. What? Susan, what's going on? Well, I guess we can just get into talking about uh, what our first jobs were, like the very first job we got a paycheck for. And um, did we like it? Did we not like it? Why don't you start? Okay, I'll start. So, yeah, the we just we figured we'd talk about jobs and working today. We haven't talked about this topic. You know, everybody mm-hmm. does it. It's always everybody fun. works. <laughs> everybody works. And, you know, as Susan and I are in this profession of, you know, film criticism. Did we start in film criticism? Hell no. No. The furthest from it, you know? So it's funny to see, it's funny to ask people where you started and Mm -hmm. how you got to where you are today. So basically my first job, uh, it was in 1996 and I was 15 years old. Uh, it was right after my birthday, my, my father uh, took me to uh, apply for a job at Tom Thumb grocery stores, Tom Thumb supermarkets, mm-hmm. and as a sacker. So cool. I went to the Tom Thumb and <laughs> I got a job as a sacker, which lasted a couple months. And then I became a checker. Mm. And that was and still is the worst fucking job I ever had. I was about to um, say, it does not sound great. <laughs> it is awful. I got paid $5 and 15 cents an hour. And over the course of the year that I worked there, I got a pay bump to $5.25 an hour, 10 <laughs> cents extra. The only good part about that job, well, there's a couple good parts. I actually enjoyed the people I worked with. Oh, Um and then the one year, or actually, I guess like it was a, it was a two two Christmases, the two holiday seasons. I actually got to work the Christmas tree a lot in front uh-huh. of the store, so I did not have to deal with customers on really a regular basis. I got to drink cider and have a like a boom box out there and nice. do do that, and everybody was excited to get a Christmas tree. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I hated that fucking job so much because nobody, I mean, people who work retail or something like that in the service industry, no, but that was kind of the last time I actually worked in almost the service industry. I mean, I worked somewhere else after that, that was kind of service industry, but customers, most of them were just awful people. Mm -hmm, And I don't mm -hmm. know why I'm so happy every time I go to the supermarket, Um, But people are just mean. And this was back when they were selling cigarettes, like at the counter, like you don't have to ask for them. Uh, And no, it was, it was crazy. Just people were mean. And then you get to like, see how like certain people spend their money and stuff like that. Like, it was really funny to me where, you know, if there was a sale on green beans, 
you know, a lot of housewives would come in and buy like literally 20 pounds of green. Uh, And it was like, you are not going to eat this many green beans, leave some for somebody else. And it was like that every week, but just people were mean and rude, you know, customers wise. And, uh, I did not enjoy it. And so I left, (laughs) that was my first job. (laughs) I've never looked back since. What about you? Well, I, my first job, I luckily um, didn't have to get, I tried, I think I tried to apply for some other places before maybe, but finally my senior, just the start of senior year of high school, I thought, oh, let me apply for uh, Victoria's Secret at Vista Ridge Mall by my parents' house. And that lasted about two months. I think I only did it for two months because I hated it still to this day is the worst job. I never, I despised (laughs) that job more than any other job that I did. You had to dress in all black, like fancy black. It was also like, I really didn't fit in on the way that these girls dress. Like, I can't believe I was hired because I was not as, um, maintained. I'm such a low maintenance girl. Like I didn't wear the makeup the way these girls did. And like, they just looked way more dressed up than I did, like the other coworkers. Um, uh, on one end, I hated the whole angel card system. We had this um, Victoria's Secret has a credit card that they sell. It's called Angel Cards, and they will push you. They put these like earpieces in your. We have earpieces, and the freaking manager will like be like telling you in your ear like. Oh, did you go up to that customer? Oh, did you offer an angel card? And they have this rule of you, you don't give up until three no's, three no's from the customer, which as someone who doesn't like to be bothered even really once, that's really hard to do. So you, they teach you how to ask, like, do you want something like three different ways? So you'd be like, oh, can I help you find anything? And they'd be like, no. So they'd be like, if they saw me do that and I didn't like do anything else, they'd be like, was that, was that three no's, Susan? Was that three no's? I swear to God, they did that. And I was like, no. So I'd have to go up and be like, did you see that we have a sale on thongs? Um, you know, the three, three for 10 or whatever. That's not, there's not three for 10, but uh, three for like 25. I'd be like, oh, no, thank you. Not interested. That's not three no's. So then you got to be like, okay, well then um, we also have these bras, like, you know, like whatever. So, and then they also say, did you offer the angel card? So it's that. And then the worst thing ever was the freaking underwear table. I hated (laughs) the underwear. The, well, mostly the thong table because you got to like lay out the panties. That's not so bad, but the thongs, they will get like tangled up and like, wrapped up in, in balls and stuff. And so basically uh, I remember one shift having to be like, I was, I was ready to go. Like my, it was done. And they're like, okay. It was like, it was like five minutes before the shift. And then they were like, all right, Susan, just uh, organize that, that table of thongs and you can go. And it was, it was a mess. It was going to take me forever. And on top of that, as you're fixing it, customers can still come and mess up your table. Like they were going to come and look at it and mess it up. So it was just like, I I remember that was my tipping point. I wanted to cry. I remember coming home and I was like, I am quitting this job. This is not for me. I don't want to do this anymore. I thought it'd be cool. Nope. I lasted two months and did not. Yeah. Didn't look back. 
That's great. I lasted a more than a year. But wow. I never I didn't even give him two two weeks notice. I was like, this is my last day. Thank you. I cannot oh. stand it anymore. My last day. Wow. Bye. <laughs> so I think I definitely gave the two weeks notice. I just uh I can't remember how much I got paid. You said that thing, and I like, I don't think I got more than maybe like six bucks, six fifteen. Yeah. I don't know. It was not worth it. Yeah. My 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 second job right after that was way better. One of my favorite jobs I ever had. Oh, okay. Well, that's the other question I was going to ask. So like, we don't have to necessarily go too much in detail, but what was the rest of your jobs? If you could like list off the rest of your jobs to up to what you're doing now, what were they? So I worked, um, I, I my, my second job actually worked in a mall, in the center of a mall at a, a high-end sunglass place that sells sunglasses. And so I got... I think a base pay of like $8 an hour plus commission. Mm. Damn, that's it. That is nice. No, it was awesome. And then I got my friend's jobs there. It was in the middle of Collin Creek Mall in Plano, which back then was like the best mall to work at. It's not anymore. No, not anymore. It's no longer there. But Mm -hmm. that job as a high schooler working in a mall, selling high-end sunglasses with your friends, it was awesome. I loved it. It was great. The mall community was amazing. I loved it. Uh, I worked at my dad's company just for a little bit filing, not really just, just here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, my senior year in high school, I did work program um, because I wasn't doing, like I wasn't, I wasn't doing a uh, marching band anymore. So I did work program and this was the only office job I ever had. I worked at Nortel Networks, a uh, big communications company. And my first mm-hmm. semester I worked in finance and second semester I worked in HR and it was the first and last time I ever had a real office uh, job. Uh-huh. It's really funny. And then during college, I worked at a mom and pop video store, which was awesome cool. video rental store um, that had the back porn section. I loved it. Uh, and then I worked, one of my favorite jobs ever was Borders Books and Music, which is no longer around. Um, that was amazing. I loved it. The discounts there, the people that worked there were fantastic. I loved that job. <laughs> I would tend to say that if that place did not close down, I would somehow be working there still because they just okay. treated employees so well. That's um, so, so well, like day one, no matter what you got benefits, you got a 401k. It was all of that. Like it was wow. crazy. Uh-huh. Um, it was amazing place, but uh, that kind of led into when I was in college, my first job as an intern was a production assistant on a movie. Uh, and then that just kind of led to after college working, uh, in uh, producing reality television shows, uh, which led to, uh, being a casting director in Dallas, which led to opening up my own comic book store in Oak Cliff. Mm-hmm. And then in 2010, starting to write movie reviews. <laughs> so yeah. it's a very weird, strange mm. roller coaster path that I took. But yeah. um, from that comic book store, I kind of met some PR people and I was like, I like movie writing. I did journalism. I did film in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get a thing. And back in 2010, that's when Twitter like came on board and Facebook was really popular and all this stuff. So through social media, got a lot of followers and retweets and stuff like that from movies. And I was like, Hey, can I come to a screening? And then it just kind of happened that way. And fucking 10 years later, here we are. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. You have, yeah, you do. You have uh, quite a resume. <laughs> 
Um, what about well, you? Mine's not as uh, extensive as yours, but I would say so. After Victoria's Secret, I worked at um, Candy World in Grapevine Mills Mall. That was my next one. That was probably one I thought was I was really excited. I wanted so bad. My dream job that I wanted to work at was Blockbuster. I applied twice. I never got Blockbuster. I was like, how am I not getting Blockbuster? But I think the hours probably worked out that I didn't get it. But um, Candy World was fun at first just because I love candy and I love being around it. And my boss was very encouraging as far as you can eat candy while you're working. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, it was not going to last. Um, but I, I, I was happy to leave when I did, um, after candy world, I, w- I probably worked a, a good couple years doing, um, maybe like a year or two of selling. I worked at a kiosk. My brother's friend owned it for a hello kitty kiosk. <laughs> it was, Definitely a lot easier. I liked it if, if you're, that was my last retail job, just because I'm with you. I'm just not really into retail, um, but and dealing with customers like that, but that was a lot easier just because you just had to control just the cart. Yep. Um, so it wasn't as bad. Uh, it was at uh, Stonebriar Mall. One time I had to do it at Collin Creek Mall, though, since you mentioned it. It was a long time ago, but I did not like that shift. It was only <sighs> one day. And I was like, what is this mall? This is terrible. Um, <sighs> but uh, yeah, so there was that. I, um, Anyways, actually, I stopped working there. I didn't go back because there was a I had like a weird little like stalker guy that contacted me and was trying to meet me. And I was like, I'm not going back to that uh, mall. I don't want this guy to come up to me. Um, But after that, I, um, what did I, I'm trying to see the order of everything. I think the next job was talent. No, 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 no. Oh my God. I'm just, because I became an intern at ICTN, but we got paid internships. So yeah, that's what, so I had ICTN. So from that point, I always had ICTN, um, intern a long time. Yeah. I've been there for 12 years. That's including my internship. Yeah. Cause I started as a sophomore in college. Okay. I became an intern in a sophomore year of college. So, but it was nice because you got paid and they, they actually paid well for an internship. Like it was the most I ever got paid at a job, like almost $9 an hour. It was amazing. Um, so they've been, they probably pay more now for the interns, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, but I, I went from there. I just stayed until I officially did. Uh, I was, I was intern. Then I became freelance and I've been doing freelance there throughout the time I've been working. And then I also got, um, a full-time job at this place called talent dynamics. That was, um, we helped find talent for news stations. It was a good job. It was, it was literally a job cause I kept ICTN as like my college job. But then when I got out of college, my like full-time gig was talent dynamics. It was great for the two, two and a half years I was there, but it kind of felt like an office job like that very, very nine to five office kind of gig. And it, I reached like a glass ceiling there. Great people really loved it. I just didn't, I didn't want to stay there. And then, um, but yeah, then I was just doing ICTN and I also worked for Dallas morning news, uh, for about three years. And yeah, yeah. I got to do that from home. It was really nice. Just a few times I had to go in. Um, and, uh, in between that, 
like, or no, I guess I, no, no, no. I actually got into the movie stuff my last year of college. That's officially how I got into it. So I did it early, even while I was working at Talent Dynamics and Dallas Morning News. Um, my, I think it was towards, I think it was junior year of college when I was still working at ICTN. I didn't even know, I didn't realize we had movie reviews. I helped uh, shoot the movie review for one of the film critics there. And I was like, what? This is so cool. I didn't know we do this. And I just kind of worked my way up to it. And eventually I got to go to one of the press screenings. I made my connections with all the people there. And from there, I just never stopped. I didn't want to quit doing it. I've, I've loved doing the movie reviews and, um, and interviews and all that stuff. So that is awesome. Yeah, no, I love it. And hell, now we're both in this medium of movie reviewing, watching movies, doing interviews with uh, filmmakers and talent, mm -hmm. writing, all sorts of stuff. So with we kind of do almost the same thing, podcast, movie reviews, interviews mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, our jobs, you know, with, you know, our friends and our friends, our friends in real life, uh, not each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're real life friends, but you, you know, know, in real life outside of this, outside of the outside of, yeah. Like you said, outside of this, it's our friends might look at us like, yeah, she, she doesn't have a real job. She has a, yeah. cool, she has the coolest job. Like we don't do nine to five really. It's like a very different. Yeah. So there are perks of like, Oh yeah, they have a fun job. They have a really the coolest job. And, Yes, we have a really fun job, but there's also just like every job and position in the world, there's always a downside to it as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, well, I definitely get that. Oh, yeah, you don't work. You don't you watch movies. Like, it, it, yeah, I, that's the thing that probably sucks the most is feeling like I have to constantly. There's this insecurity that I feel like people think that my job is like a hobby and we're not really like working. We're just watching movies all day. We're not like, I cannot tell you how many times people in my life have asked me, what do you do again? Like, how, what is it that you do? Like, I know that you watch movies and you review it, but like, like, what do you do? I feel like I'm always explaining ICTN a lot too. Cause I'm just like, I'm a reporter too. Like I do make money. Like I yeah, bust my ass actually. And that's the other thing is like, we probably have to work maybe even twice as hard as other people to make a quarter of the money that they make. Right. No, it's a, uh, it's a thing. It's a, it is a thing. Cause I, you know, I always had to defend it. And now I, I yeah. don't. I'm just like, dude, you couldn't do this job if they paid you triple the amount. You know, like you couldn't meet these deadlines. You couldn't come up with creative ways to write about a movie. You couldn't. Yeah. What What are your interview skills like? You know, something like that. Yeah. And I have had friends. They, they say that most of my friends are very supportive and they'll say things like, oh, I could never do what you do. You know, like that's really hard, like to to be able to especially with the interviews. I mean, that that does take a for sure a different kind of skill. Um, but even writing, you know, not a lot of people want to sit there and write as much as we have to write. Cause I don't just write the movie reviews. I write for ICT and my other like job. I have to write right. stories. Like it's, it is a process to have to go out on a shoot, interview people, figure out the story you're going to create in your head, then take it back to the station, go through the footage and create a three minute package out of that. Like it is, 
it's a lot, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's just a struggle when you don't have something as simple as being like, oh yeah, I work in like business or whatever. I'm an accountant and nobody, everyone's like, oh, well, good. Or, you know, doctor, obviously all those jobs are great. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be a doctor. I couldn't be an accountant. All these, there's all these things like I couldn't do and I commend people, but I think the biggest thing is that, and probably what keeps us going is our passion for this field. That's, That's why big, I stick around. <laughs> no, it's a big thing. Like passion and the love of the job. And mm -hmm. it's, what, it's, it's like a pro wrestler. Nobody in their right mind would ever be a pro wrestler because it is super hard and difficult on the body. It could kill you yeah. more than any other job almost. Sure. And you don't have a home life. Your home life and family life suffer greatly for it. And they mm -hmm. do it for the love of the business and yeah. what they do. And that's what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I love it. I love it still after doing I it do. more than 10 years. Uh, um, yeah. So I think you know, I've probably been doing it about as long as you have been in a different capacity for sure. But I didn't start doing, cause I, I did, uh, I've been with ICTN 12 years and I started doing movie reviews my senior year of college. So it's been about 10 years that I've been doing this. Yeah, no. And I love it. I, I love mm -hmm. it so much. And we've, we've seen each other grow and get mm -hmm. things and it's good. It's good. And there's also the bad to that, but we won't really get into that because we know between us, you know, and our colleagues where, where it could be worked on and fixed <laughs> here and there. Maybe huh? you have to tell me, maybe you have to tell me off a uh, camera, off uh, recording what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I, I will. I will. <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, no, we love this business and, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can see myself doing other things, but I don't want to. Like, I always want to be involved in this entertainment field. Uh, I, I do. I do. But I've, I have talked about this with um, other colleagues as well. There is that struggle sometimes where because it's such a thankless job and we <clears throat> it's so much work. We're doing so much work for like maybe not as much pay. Sometimes it's hard when you just think, do we need to just stop and just go the route of like, yeah, sell insurance? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard thing, but it's like I said, it's the passion. It's the love of it. Like right now I couldn't do it because I'm too committed and I love this job. Right. Me too. We're pot committed mm -hmm. for the long haul. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, does that wrap up our work? Yes. Own. Yes. Let's get into this blind watch. You know, I'll tell you, there's probably not much to say about this blind watch because it's, uh, it's one of the worst movies we've ever watched, but let's, let's get into it. <laughs> it, is, it is pretty fucking terrible. Yes. But that being said, so to fir first off the, this was not my first pick. It was my turn to pick. And I mm -hmm. think I might've picked a movie called the black Gestapo. Oh, I don't know what that was. Whatever that was, I did not want to watch it. It was too depressing. Right. So I watched it. Um, uh -huh. And the Black Gestapo is like a 19, early 1970s black exploitation movie. And it's done on probably like an eighth of the budget that the mutation was. Uh -huh. And it's, uh, it, it's about... Um, a group of black people call themselves the black Gestapo who try to like fight for black rights <laughs> in the seventies. And it's just so painfully made 
and dumb. I mean, there, there's nothing depressing about it, Susan. It's just, you, but you. I don't think that was the movie. I thought that was the movie. That wasn't. It wasn't Black Gestapo. It was something like uh, with the the uh, Nazi Germany or something like that, like a Holocaust. Huh. I don't know. It might be like that. Uh, I don't know. 1984 or something like that. Okay. From 1984. Well, I'll have to go look and see what our text, but I thought it was that, but we ended up on this brand new movie that's out now called the mutation. And it is directed by a guy named Scott Jeffrey and stars Megan Purvis, Derek Nelson, Abby Cass, uh, and Thompson. And basically what the movie is, we watched a trailer to this movie and the trailer just looks horrible. It's like one of those movies that mm-hmm. mystery science theater 3000 would make fun of, but it just looks stupid. So yeah. we watched this movie and basically somebody was doing lab experiments, making like a hybrid animal of some sort. And yeah. it just, it went away and, uh, or they were they were trying to cure cancer or something like that and they injected into rats and this new formula made this rat grow into like a human size and like this you human want to call it a rat <laughs> yeah this human rat was like just basically in like a a spirit halloween costume of a rat <laughs> going around killing people random people in a town yeah and that's the movie so oh boy this probably some of the worst acting I've ever seen yep. in a movie. Yeah. Um, and the special effects are god awful, and none of it made sense. Susan, nope. what do you think about this movie? I think it's a joke. Like I think that this movie, even when you watch the trailer, you already know like this is not going to be good. This like I went into it like oh it'll be a comedy to us, but it was. It was so bad. It was just it, the acting there. Things react. I think the biggest thing that bothered me is like people didn't move in this movie. Like the body, like the actors were so stiff, like they barely moved their face. They barely moved their bodies. It was like they were just remembering their lines from their script and they made sure they delivered them. And by far, the worst scene was that restaurant scene where when people were getting attacked, other people just sat there and didn't even think to leave or help the person getting like mauled at all. Like, right. So there's, so there's a scene in the movie where this giant rat in a costume shows up at a packed restaurant mm-hmm. and starts attacking like one person in front of the entire restaurant. And literally the entire restaurant just sits there silently and just looks at the action. No it's screaming, terrible. no getting up and like brutally killing they, this rat. They're literally brutally. just, they're just like, they're like, what? What's happened? Like confused. Like what? There's no confusion. Someone's getting attacked. You either help that person or you get the hell out. Like that's one of the other. And then there's a freaking cop there. And the cop doesn't even care. The cop just lets it happen. It doesn't make sense. And then when the actors are having dialogue and rooms and stuff, it's kind of like they're just sitting there and their face doesn't move. Their arms don't move. It's just them talking and their eyebrows might move a little bit. And it's just, oh, it's painful. And then so painful. at the very end of the movie, the last like five minutes of the movie, somehow, somehow this rat loses all of its hair and grows to like a 35 foot rat. 
and climbs and it, the visual effects to this if it looked ever, like a dragon or something i don't know it looked yeah like- it was a giant hairless rat that climbed on the house and flipped a car over and the visual effects of cg is something like you would see in the movie birdemic if you know what birdemic is but like birdemic is like 15 years ago and it's still oh my god it's so terrible and like what did we learn at the end of this movie how to not make a a, a movie like this is that's how that's how uh we we what we learned yeah yeah no it was it was really bad it was like i said it was the worst blind watch we've watched just like I said, it had it had um, its entertaining moments just because it was so bad, but it wasn't one of those like it's not so bad. It's good. That's not the case. It's just bad. That's why I picked it. I thought that from the trailer alone, I was like, oh, my God, this movie's not going to take itself seriously. It's going to be fucking funny. Mm-hmm. And it took itself seriously. And it's just, yeah. oh, man, it didn't work. And I was like, oh, man, luckily it was short. Yes. Um, Thank God. And we just made fun of the whole movie while we watched it. We did. And the only way I would watch this again is if Riff Tracks or Mystery Science Theater 3000 got it and did a riff on it because I think mm-hmm. it would be hilarious. I do th- like just to see them riff on that restaurant scene alone oh, would yeah. be so good. And the yeah. lead actress in the movie to how stale she is. She is stale. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, we're watching the a, worst wooden, actor. a wooden <laughs> fence right here. Yeah. Uh, would be really funny. And the other thing that bothered me in the movie is like almost everybody's accent. I can't place it. Oh yeah. Because it's like, is it English? Is it Australian? Is it something else? Is it Irish? Is it American? Like there's something happening and I don't get it. So yeah, it made no sense. It made no sense. No, it is that that is how I would sum up that film. It does. It doesn't make any sense. It's horrible acting. It's just stupid in general. I mean, like and it's not I would not say you're going to get enough fun out of it. We could just because the purpose of it and we were texting, I could get through it, but I never want to watch it again. And obviously, by everything we're saying, we clearly do not. I mean, I definitely don't recommend it. Do you recommend it, Brian? No, no, I don't recommend it unless it's Rift Tracks or Mystery Science Theater 3000 doing it. It's not a recommended movie. However, if you are curious, go to YouTube and type in the Mutation 2021 trailer and watch the trailer. And then you can see like, oh, shit, this is what they watched. Yeah. Um, And if you're curious, you can find it. But yeah, be drunk for it or high. So <laughs> yeah. we, we weren't, um, no, no, no. That was that's so our blind watch. I am <laughs> sure Susan will pick a better one. Yeah, uh, we were just watching too many serious ones. We had to do something crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so there we go. And so on to our last segment of no BS with Brian and Susan, we're going to do our honorable mentions, our, our suggestions of movies that we've kind of seen and kind of talked about or seen recently. So one that came out uh, before the last show we did was Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. It's the new mm-hmm. movie from the MCU Marvel. Um, still number one, right? Still number one. Uh, I watched it in the theater. Susan watched it in the theater. We watched it together. We did. And I, I loved it. Like it was I loved great. It too. There was a couple pacing issues with it, but other than that, man, I loved how they got the, 
the 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 Asian stuff in there with the martial arts because we haven't seen that mm-hmm. in a MCU movie before. They got like the fantasy side of it with the dragons and the other world. Like that was really cool and it had meaning. Man, yeah. Aquafina and what's his name, the lead actor guy, <laughs> Simu Liu. Simu, yes, uh, from uh, Kim's Convenience. Fantastic! Yeah. It was funny. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was just being you know, very standalone practically in the Marvel universe. They don't really have a lot to go off on with this one. It was, you get connected to the characters right away that just, well, Aquafina is hilarious, but Simu is really great too. Um, the story is interesting. I think the visuals are fantastic and I really love the choreography, uh, highly recommend. There's a reason why like, uh, it's doing so well because it's an amazing movie and don't miss it. I love it. I had too. I had too. I'm glad you liked it. Um, mm-hmm. Now on to the movie that is out this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Dear Evan Hansen, based on the 2015 stage play of the same name. They made a feature film about it. And most, uh, you know, when you adapt a video game or a play to a movie feature film, it doesn't, most of the time doesn't work out. Um, I felt this one didn't work out as well as it should have basing on the amazingness of the stage play because I've seen it on stage. Mm-hmm. The music, the acting, the energy works. Transferred to this feature film, 20% of it works. The rest doesn't, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't have a problem because I know everybody was you know, making fun of Ben Platt for being 27 years old, playing a high school student. That didn't bother me. I don't know why that bothers people. That has been happening forever. Right. No, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Cameron Fry was 30 years old as that uh, high school student at Cameron. Um, What about 90210, that one chick who was like 35 or something when playing a high schooler? Like, Right. That does not bother me. And even... His, I don't care about that. I can't believe people are harping on that. Like that happens all 27 is not even that old for him to be playing a high schooler. The dude looks 13. Let's yes, get over it. I agree. His body language sold it. His yeah. awkwardness, like his voice, it sold it. I did not have a problem with that. What I had mm. a problem with in Dear Evan Hansen, unfortunately, was the musical numbers and the pacing. It's almost two and a half hours. And with such subject matter as in Dear Evan Hansen, they we're doing a good job with talking the scenes out and doing dialogue. And mm-hmm. then in very heartbreaking scenes, fucking break out into song. And I'm like, Oh God, here we go. This is not, yeah. it, it was not good except for like two or three of the songs, like the big ones. Uh, but other than that, I was like, Oh my God, this is not fun to watch anymore because I'm really invested in these characters again and them talking about these horrible subjects of suicide and abandonment mm. and divorce and lying. But then all of a sudden, Ben Platt's got to break into song and it just does not mix well or work on the screen. So ah, for hardcore fans, you'll watch it, but I was not impressed. Well, I, I didn't see the stage play, which I would love to see, especially, I don't know. Did you guys see the stage play with Ben Platt? Uh, no, no, no. The Dallas oh. one. Uh, so I, I can only imagine because I know that he's I mean, he's a phenomenal singer anyways, but uh, I I didn't see the play. I do agree 
at certain points at certain times, because sometimes the music did work, you know, like when he was on stage, that didn't bother me. But um, there are times where it takes you out because you're so invested. Like it's all good actors. They're doing a great job with these conversations and you forget it's a musical. Like every time I would forget it's a musical. I'd just be like, oh my God, this is so deep. And then bam, it goes into song and you're like, oh, I don't know about this right now. But for me, what redeemed it is it's great songs. Those songs are so good. This is a good. Oh, I think the songs are great. I think they're phenomenal songs. I think they are. There are better songs elsewhere. Oh, I I enjoy the music and I think they are talented actors and singers who do sell it. They commit to it. I mean, okay, some of the singers are whatever. They're not like. Tony, no, I thought everybody fingers, did fine. I thought everybody they did, did fine. Like they were committed to it. it. Didn't feel out of place. It just, it like I said, it just it takes you out of the moment in certain scenes. Right. I didn't know the story of Dear Evan Hansen until I watched the movie. So I went in pretty blindly, and I was so hooked by these characters and what I guess you could say the lie that was going on. That I just didn't mind. I mean, I just enjoyed it. I, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I, your reasons are valid. Other critics' reasons are valid. I guess, except for I don't really like the whole bitching about his age thing. Yeah, that, th- that did not bother me. Like, that, I went into that, that like stupid. knowing that, and I'm like, what are you talking about? This kid looks like he's in high school. He sells right. the awkward walks if, and runs, and if he didn't mannerisms. like look like he was in high school. I mean, if George Clooney was playing the kid, like, yeah, that's stupid. But he is looking and acting like a high schooler. Like, it's completely believable. He doesn't have wrinkles. That didn't didn't matter to me. I thought that was fine. Yeah, so that that is not a big deal. So uh, I understand the music can take you out. I understand it messes up some of the serious conversations. But I still liked it, and I thought it was a really powerful story. I'm sorry you liked it. You really? You're sorry I liked it. Oh my gosh. Okay. That was good. That no, was good. you you actually texted there were some good parts. It's like when it's good, it's good, and when it's bad, it's not, or something like no, that. No, I, I said when the when it's good, it no when it works, it really works. But yeah. most but sadly, most of the time it doesn't. So I'd say okay. about 20% it's re- good, 30% maybe, if I'm being generous, but the other times. Not so much. Like I felt All myself because right. watching the play live, I was like, holy shit, this is really good. I loved it. But like most stage plays don't transfer to film all that well. And I like the director of this movie, Stephen Chabosky. Yeah. He did Perks of Being a Wallflower. Perks he did Wonder. Wallflower. I love that. Yeah. He didn't write this one, but nah. you know, if I were to give it a one to five, five being the best, I'd give it a two out of five. I give it a seven out of 10 way generous than i was but again i'm sorry you liked it (laughs) i i think that's a little that based on what you said about it i don't really feel like that matches saying you're sorry i liked it Uh, is it better than the mutation are you kidding of course (laughs) like it's like an oscar winner compared to the mutation you're you're correct in that yes i agree (laughs) all right so a couple more real quick yeah. Um, so Lady of the Manor, I watched that last week. It is in theaters and select theaters now. Um, it's uh, stars Justin Long, Melanie Linsky, Judy Greer. 
It's uh, it, it I Ryan Phillippe's in it. Look, it is a I'll tell you the plot. You're going to think it sounds stupid. She's she gets Melanie Linsky plays Hannah. She's this girl who's down on her luck. She ends up getting a job at this uh, old estate where she has to pretend to be the former manor of the, the former lady of the manor um, and be the tour guide for uh, when people come and visit. And she and she's like very unladylike and stuff. And so the ghost of this this lady, uh, Judy Greer, comes and haunts her and is like disturbed by the way she's she has playing her and her actions and her bedroom and stuff. So it, it turns into like a buddy comedy, a ghost buddy comedy. Sounds and right up my alley. It, it honestly it's so funny to me like uh she she seeks justin long's help because basically you find out when there's a ghost sticking around it's because they have unfinished business and you come to find out she does but along the way that whole journey i was laughing out loud part of it is i love the dialogue i love the way this was justin long and christian long his brother's directorial debut they wrote and directed it I love their writing. I love the way they write comedy, the timing, the jokes, they all land. Um, I'm not going to say this is anything like, wow, this is so original and oh my God, like groundbreaking or anything like that, but it's fun. It's just a fun, good time. And I think you'll notice on Rotten Tomato, yeah, the critic score is pretty low, but if you look at the audience score, it's a lot yeah. higher. And I mean, it's like I said, don't go into it thinking this has got to be the best comedy of the year. But if you just go into it blind, like I had no expectations go going in. It was, it was um, thrown at me like last minute actually. And uh, I was, I was like, we'll see what this is. And I just found myself laughing the whole way through. And I just, particularly Ryan Phillippe, I just haven't seen him in a while. And he was cracking me up. He was just playing his um, very like douchebag character. And it was, it was really good. Wonderful, wonderful. But I recommend people check it out. If you want to like just a mindless, fun, hilarious comedy, just just watch it. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Is there one more? And the uh, well, I didn't know if you have anything else. The final thing I had was Ted Lasso season two. Oh, yeah. Ted Lasso season two. So far, I think there's two more episodes left of the season. Mm -hmm. Three episodes. Yeah. Two episodes left of the season. Uh, it's just so good so far. Uh, everything about this show, the, the episode with, uh, beard coach beard is amazing. And then the, uh, most recent episode, um, that takes an iconic song and makes it great again. Uh, it's emotional and great. Oh, God damn. I love this show. Uh, I agree. Trevor and I finally started watching season two. We were holding off for as long as we could. Um, we started watching it this weekend and I actually think it might even be better than season one. No, honestly. I agree. It is. I, it is better I, than season one. I think it's better than season, which is wow. Cause I love season one, but the way that whoever I know, Jason, Jason Sudeikis also wrote this too, right? He's yeah, also he created the character it. and wrote it. Yeah. God, I just, like connect and feel for Ted Lasso so much. And I, I cannot wait to peel back more layers of this guy and just learn more about him. Um, but they're just doing like a wonderful job with this show with everybody. Uh, there's some interesting things that are going on. I, we haven't watched the last two, like the last two that have been 
okay that have been uh available like there's like a a beard one where he's yeah coach beard it's a coach beard centric episode and that's all was it it good it's it's one of the best ones uh really really it's so good and then how was this last one uh, amazing amazing like i said they take a song that everybody knows and oh it's so good you'll you'll probably cry in this last one yeah it's really good wow oh my gosh i can't wait like i'm so excited oh i can't wait for the final two and kudos to ted lasso for doing so well at the emmys this year well deserved well Well deserved indeed watch ted lasso if you're not doing it it's good but uh yeah that wraps up uh this episode of no bs with brian and susan we'll Mm -hmm. be back next episode with all the greatness we love you you can find us um everywhere on the internet yeah Um, just google us google us uh but we love you we love doing this love you guys uh we'll be back soon bye